0: Oh, beautiful. (laughs) God, we all have our coffees.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, mine's. Ah. Oh, is that a fart? No, we're good.
2: Um, Um, Now you can probably reach the the table. Oh,
1: yeah, look
2: at that. We planned that out well. All right. No no correct way. Number, we're not, we just have, we're not going to say numbers anymore because we're rolling out (laughs) episodes in a sporadic way. Just Um, learning the way now. Yeah, so we're just, this is an episode that we're going (laughs) to announce eventually. And we
0: have Alyssa on the show today. Hello.
1: Um, hello.
0: Mental health. How would you describe uh, your profession?
1: Uh, yeah, so I am a community mental health and addictions nurse that works with youth.
0: Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were at the Leaf game last night? Oh,
1: yes, I was at the Leaf game <laughs> <laughs> physically. She was at the Leaf game. I was physically there, yes. <laughs> You're physically there?
0: <laughs> I just wanted to bring it up because it was like it's pretty recent and. I don't know if you you follow hockey, but John Tavares, who is, and I'll just make this quick because I know we don't <laughs> want to talk too much about sports. But was did you, you f- bring
1: me on to talk about sports? <laughs>
0: no, <laughs> I'm not. Welcome to our sports <laughs> this podcast. is be a short <laughs> yeah. conversation. Yeah. I just just messing him like, to yeah, This isn't is is mental health. sports for. show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I'm try- what I was to say is the other night, John Tavares he used to play for another team, the New York Islanders. He went there. And they were burning his jersey, running over it with cars, yelling at him, throwing snakes on the ice. He spent 10 years there and really made their franchise a lot. They were booing him, ragging him, the whole thing. So I just wanted to know if the arena last night was a positive um, vibe.
1: It was a very positive vibe. Okay, my vibe was very positive. Okay, anyway, so. good.
0: <laughs> okay, very supportive. Pa-
2: like Perry, I, I do know. Um, so last night, from what I've read, is normally Tavares would be one of the first people announced in terms of uh, coming out in the ice, and he was actually the last, mm-hmm. and he got a big standing O. I Like I saw that standing, standing O.
0: So what I kind of wanted to reflect to for mental health was. I wonder how he, people like him deal with that. Like, imagine going to arena filled with fifteen thousand yeah, sure. people. Everyone's throwing snakes at you, calling you names, saying we don't need you. Blah blah blah. Like, I know he's a professional, and this is what he's what he does. But I would think that that would would take a
2: toll. Yeah, and then to contrast it, the team like the Leafs played shit. Like, yeah, they then he lost six to one. Yeah, they got mm-hmm. walked over in the at the game where he was getting booed and everything. So it probably. Mm-hmm. Not the the greatest feeling.
1: For sure,
0: yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, (laughs) that was just – I just wanted to throw that out. I think – do you think that it's too far in sports? I know maybe you don't follow sports too much, but –
1: No, I mean, well, I played hockey when I was young. Like, I'm not, like, totally not sporty. Um, No, I mean, I think that definitely some of the banter, and it can, like, take it too far for sure. Like, because I think um, sometimes people get kind of wrapped up in, you know, like that adrenaline or, you know, and – but, yeah, I mean, it can take a toll on anyone, Yeah, I feel like.
0: Yeah. I guess he, they probably, as a team, have people that they can talk to and stuff.
1: Yeah, I would hope so. I mean, yeah. I, I would think they have definitely, like, support programs. And, you yeah. know, like, a lot of companies have – um like eap like where you get free counseling and things like that uh a lot of times people don't actually realize the free resources they have within their workplace but a lot of workplaces do have um, like if you have benefits and things like that they'll have good support programs or counseling or online counseling whatever so interesting yeah
0: i wonder how much it's used in sports actually that i
2: don't know (laughs) Um, um yeah, I'd, I'd guess it's definitely on the lower end of the yeah. Yeah. spectrum, yeah. especially sure. in a sport like hockey, where it's been notoriously like, you know, men play hockey, they get injured, they're just supposed to play, suck it up, uh, suck it up, um, yeah. Um, but then when it starts getting into like the mental side of things, like mm-hmm. being booed or you know having an awful game, like I'm sure the amount of uh, like goalies who have, yeah, <laughs> goalies specifically. Oh yeah, you know, they I I know quite a few goalies and. um they're just like wired differently for sure. Yeah. It's, uh, but like in, in good and, and almost like uh, just different ways. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But, uh, they definitely have a lot of pressure on themselves. Um,
0: okay. We'll get off the sports. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, talk <laughs> to okay. us w- about your uh, where did you grow up? Um, what was your childhood like? Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, so I'm from Perry Sound, Ontario, nice. a small town up north. Um, that both of you know um, you do. some people sometimes when I meet people in the city they're like where are you from I have even had some like someone asked me once if I knew what a shoppers drug mart was I was like <laughs> I don't what <laughs> like I live in Canada still <laughs> like anyway so yeah um so Perry Sound uh I don't know I kind of I was really lucky like I had um that kind of stereotype like both parents like living together house you know I was involved in a lot of things Um, I was kind of like the overachiever, but I also like to have a social life. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know, nothing overly exciting, but, um, and then I went to Western for nursing and yeah.
0: What do you mean over, you say overachiever, what, what do you mean by that?
1: I just like I was really good in school and I was like on every team. I was school, like president and like, I just did a lot of things. I like to keep busy. So,
0: um, what were you like as a student in in school, a-, a pluses across the board, or yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was a good student.
0: <laughs> yeah. Have you already well on
1: paper? I was good. Right. My mom always jokes that I was good on paper, but in reality, I was a bit of a nightmare at times. But on good fun, <laughs> yeah, that's,
2: that's similar to uh, I was sim- <laughs> like the same, uh, you know, good grades and everything, but complete shit disturber. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah never studied or anything. It was just
0: bad. <laughs> um, and what what made you want to get into um nursing or the profession that you're in.
1: Yeah. Um so nursing, I actually I never wanted to be a nurse, uh weirdly enough. I went in because originally I thought I wanted to go to med school. Um so it was kind of like backup would be nurse practitioner. Um and then in second year we had our first placement and I was so pumped for it. It was med surge, you know, like getting in the hospital and I literally hated it. And I almost dropped out. I I was like nursing is not for me. This is awful. Um, and then my parents kind of convinced me, they're like, you know, you have a pediatrics, like a kid's placement coming up and then you also have a mental health placement. Finish the year and then we'll kind of cro- like, see how you feel by the end of it. Um, and then I had my mental health placement and I really liked it. Um, I kind of had this, like, and I can say this, you know, confidentiality, whatever, um, this kind of cool experience with uh, client or patient, whatever you want to call them, uh, with a young girl when I was on the unit um she wasn't even I wasn't her nurse like her student nurse whatever and uh we just were talking about her family and like just normal conversation nothing therapeutic in the sense you know I was just like talking to her like a friend um and she ended up writing this huge letter to me like thanking me and saying you know how much it meant to her you know I, I don't know it was just like this really cool experience but also made me realize like wow like talking is so powerful and, like, how we can, you know, like, just without even, like, trying to be helpful, like, sometimes just having a meaningful conversation with someone can make such a difference, so, um, so yeah. Was that cool.
2: the turning point where you kind of decided, this yeah. is this is what I want to do?
1: Yeah, that was the exact moment, yeah.
2: Now, now, as, like, from a very young age, do you remember what your kind of aspirations and goals were at that point, or do you think, or was this something you kind of got steered into from the nursing path and everything?
1: Definitely steered into. Nice. Um, Yeah, no, I never... I mean, I don't know, I was, again, I was overachiever, but I kind of was all over the map, so, like, at one point, I wanted to be an engineer, one time, I was a doctor, then I was a lawyer, you know, so it was just kind of all over the place, I've never been one of those people that have been totally linear, like, this is what I want to do, and, um, but nursing's been good for that, because it's, I've been able to work, you know, in different, like, I can take it different ways, so, Yeah.
0: Those are all big, pretty profile jobs you were shooting for. I know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lawyer, doctor, <laughs> or something like that.
1: I don't know. <laughs> what, hey, what? I got big dreams, big plans. Y- no, that's
0: good. What made you? Uh, what made a a lady from Perry Sound want to go for those big of, of dreams? I mean, I, I've been to Perry. <laughs> to Sp- get out
1: of Perry Sound. <laughs> I mean, I've yeah. been to Perry
0: Sound, and I'm sure a lot of people listening have. And it's no, it's a small town in yeah. in, in north of the city, and it's easy to get st- to get stuck there.
1: For sure, yeah. Um, no, and I mean, I, I joke, but honestly, there's nowhere else I'd rather be in the summer. It's you know, it's gorgeous, and um, I'm grateful growing up in a small town, like just having kind of those small town values. And uh, you know, I friends, childhood friends, were still all close. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I always said I'm getting out of Perry Sound and not coming back, which is ironic because when I graduated university, I did some counseling. I worked up there for a year and went back, but. I, that's not, not the plan. I hope not to go back, <laughs> other than just visiting family.
0: Um, and how, so how long have you been doing uh, what, you, what you're doing now?
1: Yeah, um, five years now. So still young, professional, you know, pretty new at it. Um, I kind of bounced all over the place because I lived in Vancouver for a year. Um, so I did counseling up north uh, for a bit of time. And then when I was out there, I did some shelter work and, like, health promotion, like, all, like, in the schools uh, in mental health. And then I came here. I've worked at St. Joe's, like on the there's a child and adolescent inpatient unit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've seen like the acute care piece of mental health, and then working in the community as a mental health nurse.
2: So in this career of you know five years, mm-hmm. uh, you mentioned the pivotal moment that sort of shaped you and shaped you and pushed you into that direction. Has it, have there been any other moments like that along the way that you could come to mind?
1: Um. I mean, honestly, any time I have, like, where I get good feedback from a kid or um, or adult even, you know, it's that's huge. I remember when I was counselling, I had one kid I worked with um, for a year, I think, and uh, he just shared, I mean, I can't get into it, but he shared something super deep and he said, you know, I've never been able to talk to anyone about that. And so just, like, I think little moments like that, like, and, you know, and it's sometimes... I don't even plan to have like those kind of moments, or, you know, and it's something as small as just having meaningful conversation that can make a big difference. So, um, yeah, I t it's, rewarding in that sense, but it's, it's tough for sure at times too.
0: Yeah. What does it kind of a uh, day to day look like? Mm-hmm. So
1: you? yeah, I mean, so right now, cause I'm in community, so it's more so supporting students, um, like, say, if they've been on inpatient units, making sure they're connected, um, connecting with psychiatrists, therapists, counselors, whatever, third-party agencies, things like that, a lot of connecting with families. Um, so I- I'm not doing, like, the hands-on, um, like, I don't do meds or anything like that anymore, so it's more like health teaching, um, education, things like that, and yeah.
0: Do you find a lot of kids c- coming to you for for education on mental health, or...?
1: Um, so the way the program I work for works, uh, referrals either through the hospital or through schools. Um, so they wouldn't be forced, like necessarily, but I mean, I, I've had staff come up to me and say, oh, this would, you know, this, someone's been looking for a similar kind of program or whatever maybe." Mm-hmm. may be. So, um, yeah.
2: Very cool. Nice. Uh, so what, one thing you mentioned there, um, was the connection piece. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's something Right now, that is one of the big pieces in terms of, you know, people feel like they're missing that and overall,
1: in connection. Like, do you mean like connection just, with just one another? Like overall
2: connections in like in their environment, sort of thing. Like connections with one another, their family.
1: For what? sure, I think that's huge. Um, and I mean, even kind of like what I said before, coming from a small town, community is so big. Um, and I th- I think even kind of meeting some people from the city in this. It's not always the case, but everyone's kind of just doing their own thing, go, go, go. And I think sometimes, uh, yeah, I mean, it's missed opportunity to, you know, for support or whatever it may be. Um, I know even personally, like, when uh, last year my dad passed away unexpectedly, Um and kind of like the community, like back home, like the things they did for my family, for me, for, you know, people who I thought hated me were reaching out to me saying, you know, I'm so sorry for this. Um, And don't get me wrong. I mean, I have my friends in the city who are supportive and love, but it's just, it's different, right? Because it's just kind of that different upbringing. And um, I do find kind of, especially with this, like with technology, you know, and it's such kind of like a fast paced world nowadays that um, there's definitely, we're missing that connection for Mm -hmm. sure.
0: Do you see that in, in kids? Do you, like, do you see that they're (laughs) looking at their phone more than each other or? Oh
1: yeah, totally. And like not having like face-to-face interactions. Like, I don't know how many times I've said to kids, like, you know, it's great, like to talk on Snapchat or Instagram, whatever, but it's so vital. Like, you know, it releases endorphin, you know, and it's good for us to have that face-to-face connection. And, um, I mean, we're lucky we do live in a world where we can connect with people all over the world and things like that, you know, but, um, but, yeah, I, I think face-to-face is so vital to, to well-being, yeah.
0: Um, and do you have you seen, like, do you see a, sp- a spike, like, in children dealing with mental health issues?
1: Hmm, like, I mean, st- it's definitely increased, like, the concerns for sure. Um, I think we're going in the right step, like, in the right direction. There is less stigma. I think there's, you know, in a lot of ways, though, there's still a long way to go. Um, it's interesting you say that though, like even things like, I don't know if you've, did you guys ever watch 13 Reasons Why? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That series. Yeah. Um, cause I was working the inpatient unit then and after the first season, um, mm-hmm. there were like, we had more people coming in, like trying to commit suicide or, you know, so kind of, um, they can say like, uh, like copycat behavior almost. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes like when there's things like that, um, or the, oh, what is it? Blue wet, what's that game? There's like a suicide game with youth. I don't know if you've ever heard, I can't remember that. the name of it. But anyway, but there, for a while, there was like this game where basically you just do. Um, like more like risky things, and at the end, ultimately, you kill yourself. So like things like that, Jesus. like there's definitely oh, yeah yeah I have yeah so yeah. Uh, and then there's there's this new one that just came out to that face. The what's yeah. mo? I don't know it. mocha mocha. Or I don't know something like that. I might like just,
0: the weird smiley. Like, yeah yeah, smiley. totally made
1: that up. That might not be <laughs> <the thing>. mocha mocha. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. That's what we're going yeah. with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but anyway, I mean, definitely, um, when there's, or, you know, if someone famous commits suicide, things like that, sometimes, um, they'll definitely have an increase, but it's also a good opportunity for education and, you know, more awareness too, when things like that come up.
0: Mm-hmm. So. I remember when I was watching A Star is Born for the first time and it almost like glorified him killing himself in a, w- in a way. Yeah. And when, when that happens in pop culture, I mean that kind of rubbed me the wrong way when I watched that movie. I don't know if you guys have seen I it. I haven't seen it. I've seen it, but but it was yeah. It, it was weird that it was kind of glorified when I, it shouldn't really be something that's. It's a tough
2: subject, but I don't for know, sure. It shouldn't be glorified. Thirteen mm-hmm. reasons why definitely was yeah. glorified it. I think it was all, it was both good and bad. I think in equal parts in both directions. Um, but I know there was a lot of backlash that the series got. And Netflix got for publishing it because it, you know, it glorified it.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, totally. I, uh, I mean, working it, and especially because I was on the acute unit too. So when you see people coming in, it was I was definitely frustrated. I mean, I watched it, and I, I mean, it was it was a good show to watch. Like you know, like it, but still, I think that, um, yeah, sometimes pop culture. I just sensitive subjects. I think are important to. Discuss or bring up, but um, going about it, you know, in a way that's glorifying, like you said, I don't think is the best way to go. But what, that's
0: what's the? Um, you just said working on the acute unit. Just mm-hmm. for someone stupid like me, no, I no, was no. about yes. to ask the exact <laughs> <same> question. <laughs> <laughs> what's that?
1: <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah. So basically, yeah. Sometimes, and if I say something and it doesn't make sense, just let me know because yeah. um, I always think people. No, in which I don't. Um, so yeah. So basically, if uh, you get put on a form one, um, so that's when for seventy two hours um, you go to a locked unit. So say if you're at risk of um, killing yourself or seriously harming yourself or someone else, um, you go to emergency. You go to an emergency department. Um, you'd be assessed by a psychiatrist, and if they think you're like, say, you said I'm gonna jump off this building today. Like, this is what I'm going to do and no one's going to stop me. I'm going to kill myself. Um, legally for 72 hours, they can hold you and assess you and, um, provide treatment. So whether it's looking at medication, so say uh, looking for a diagnosis of, you know, bipolar, I, I don't know, whatever. Right. Um, so, and then that's for three days. And then after that, um, depending where you're, like mental health or like where your treatment plan is, you might have to stay longer against your will. Um, sometimes you can try and fight that, but that's the whole other thing. Um, but yeah, so that's, so basically, so the acute unit is when people come in and they're seriously going to harm themselves or anything like that, um, or like going through psychosis, um, any sort of like mental crisis, they'll be in the unit for 72 hours.
2: So it's a very at-risk program. Yeah, so that's like
1: the, so for me, like with mental health nursing, I really like community versus uh, acute, just because acute is you're basically just stabilizing the person, making them safe, you know, and getting them assessed. But the real work is done in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so it's kind of the stuff after that.
0: community is almost like a preemptive way to make sure that people
2: don't get to the point. Or after. Or right? after. Or yeah. after, yeah. right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Um, it's interesting. I went to a Tony Robbins conference cool, uh, yeah. last year, so it's a seven-day conference, and w- one day um, is specific to a lot of like the suicide stuff. Yeah, and um, I re- remember he asked because there was, I want to say, seven thousand people in the room, and just statistically, there should be about five people in serious threat of suicide, and about thirty-five uh, with like, or I it was maybe it was thirty-five, but I remember he asked the whole room, and he said. Um, he said, "Okay, who's had suicidal thoughts? Who's suicidal?" And like 250 hands went up, and he's like, "That's all bullshit." He's like, "You guys, if you are, you wouldn't be that quick to react." He's like, "You guys are all just seeking attention." And Tony Robbins gets criticized for being that kind two, of kind of yeah, two two kind of like that. But then after he said that, you know, a couple hands trickle up. I think there was eight hands that trickled up, and then that's when he seriously worked on those people, and those people were like with some really serious like yeah. stuff going on. And it seemed very from the heart, as opposed to it seemed like a lot of people were kind of doing it, um, or at least with the the other people that, that were asked and whatnot. Um, these ones seemed like they're very very specific to it, and like in sort of that acute stage.
1: Yeah, which for is sure.
2: Interesting to see.
1: Well, and it's um it's kind of interesting you say that too because I have noticed like even in the last you know five years of working or whatever, um, and because I have pretty much always worked with youth. I don't know how often when I – and not even just working with youth, just meeting youth, they'll say, oh, I have depression and anxiety. I'm like, okay, it's like, tell me about your anxiety. And it's – some. I think sometimes there's, like, an over – like, we say, oh, I have depression, you know, And um, but you can be sad one day and not be depressed. And, you know, sometimes, it, like, it's kind of being overused. Like, and not mm-hmm. – it's different when it's being diagnosed, but um, I think and sometimes it kind of takes away, like you said, like, the seriousness of it, right, because um, – I, I know people, yeah, who will say, oh, I'm depressed. And, you know, and then they're laughing. It's like, okay, well, someone with depression often, you know, will be in bed for weeks. and Like yeah. that's not something to just kind of like toss around lightly, like that diagnosis mm-hmm. like that. No, it's
0: not a throwaway term. Yeah. How long were you – so how long did you work on the, acu- the acute sector?
1: I, not long. I was only there for six months, and then I got this job. So um, I, I left.
0: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> was, was there a lot of – you probably saw a lot of people come in – and out Was mm-hmm. there any, like, common theme between other than them all having mental, like, w- percentage-wise of male, female, which is kind of everyone?
1: No, definitely more females, for sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, kind of all, it would all be um, suicide or at risk to harming themselves. And, you know, there was, like, some psychosis, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the big majority would be... Uh, like suicidal thoughts and you know because suicidal thoughts can go with a lot of mental illnesses so
0: are there any tools that you kind of found from going through that to help people who are are thinking in that way
1: we, what do you mean
0: um Reframe like that a bit. tools that at that job when someone yeah. might come in and be like i'm feeling suicidal but i want to jump off a building are there tools to kind of help talk that person Yeah,
1: for sure. So, down? Uh, um, and actually, not even just with that job, but assist. I don't know. Have you heard of, like, assist training before? It's, no. Um, it's a training that pretty much anyone, like, in the mental health field gets where um, you just learn how to assist people. Like, if they are actively suicidal... Um, so if they're in crisis, how to kind of talk them down out of that and, you know, get them to hospital or whatever it may be. Um, So, like, I've had quite a few students I've worked with where they were in crisis, and I had to, you know, kind of talk them through that and take them to hospital or send them to hospital. I wouldn't take them myself, but, yeah.
2: One of the um, things you mentioned in terms of, like, the depression and whatnot where you've dealt with sort of different um, things where, you know, it seems like so many people are quick on the trigger to kind of say that that they have all these... um, Uh, Like depression, they have anxiety, and it's very, very quick. You know, self-diagnosed now. Um, Have you noticed any trends in terms of? There's a word I was looking for. I was just trying to look it up, but I couldn't find it. (laughs) um, Where it's kind of by like outside of effects, whereas I think it's like exostential or something like that. Whereas someone's depressed because they might have, for you know, an adult might have lost their job, they might have just gone through a divorce, and so it's like, well of course you're feeling depressed. Like, you just had all these, like, terrible things going on. And then there's the other side of it where it's more, like, a chemically in their brain of in terms of, like, depression um, and, like, more inner as opposed to, like, outer... So you're depression caused by certain things and then inner as...
1: Yeah, so, I mean, like, something like depression, it, I mean... If you're, like, predisposed to have depression, it's diff- I'm trying to think of the best way to say this. Um, like, for example, you said, like, losing a job, things like that. Like, that's that wouldn't be clinical depression. That's situationally appropriate, you know, to yep. feel that way, right? Um, but if it got to the point, you know, where it was impacting you... Um, so greatly, or you know, or maybe if that person is predisposed to be depressed, um, it would influence someone different mm-hmm. differently than another person. Um, coping strategies is a huge thing with mental health, especially like depression and anxiety too. Um, are like there's different treatments for different types of mental illnesses, right? So yeah. um, for something like bipolar, one of the main line of treatments is medication, um, just because with the you know chemical difference like differences in the brain. Um, where depression and anxiety, like there are medications for that, but also, you know, CBT, which is a f- type of therapy, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, is one of the front lines. So it, I guess it depends like what sort of illness, um, what the best way of treatment is, but um, something like schizophrenia or something, it's a totally different yeah, brain. Yeah, different animal. Right, yeah, so.
2: Whereas I think depression comes in a lot of more like states and, f- states and yeah, forms, and there's a lot more. For sure. Th- it's definitely something that I feel like that's caused more externally um for,
1: yeah
2: or at least in my opinion um do you think right now a lot of people sort of like seeking medication and whatnot like they're hoping out for prozac do you think that's a little quick on the trigger in certain aspects um,
1: or, is you know, that a, or is that sorry. a whole
2: different argument
1: you know what i actually find that and this is i mean just kind of with the population i work with um but being youth most of them don't want to be on medications they'll say okay And it's actually, it's kind of interesting, and especially, and I think that's, you know, with working with youth too, but, um, because I found even when I did youth counseling and I did adult counseling, um, I was really excited to work with youth effort because I've always worked with youth, and you know, and I'm, I don't know, I feel like I'm kind of like a young, you know, kind of bubbly personality, so I typically click with youth. Um, But I found actually I really preferred counseling adults because I found adults had that more awareness often to be like, you know, I have a problem, I want to do something to help. Um, a lot of times when I work with youth, they say, you know, I'm feeling this way, this is going on. I like fix me, but then you give them the options that, you know, let's work on some coping strategies or here's medications and they don't want to do any of it. So they just are kind of wanting, you know, that kind of instantaneous, um, or even something like antidepressants, you know, it takes eight weeks before you see any results and that's often why people stop taking antidepressants sooner because they think oh it's not working. not working it's not helping me right so um yeah I think we're kind of we live in a society where we're always wanting like a quick fix or you know and the thing with mental health is it's you can't capture it the same way like physical health and stuff like that you know you can't do blood work to say you don't have depression anymore, mm-hmm. right? So um, it's there's so many shades of grey with it that I think sometimes it can
2: make uh, it... I feel like it might be more common in the States, whereas if someone's really feeling down there, um, they might just go to their doctor, general pr- practitioner, say, you know, I'm f- feeling sad, blah, blah, blah. The And then the doctor might not even ask why. They'll just say, okay, here's your diagnosis yeah. of whatever... Um, which in that case, it's almost like a, you know, chemical straitjacket, right? Like they're
1: for sure. Well, and especially cause in the States, I mean, the pharmaceutical world as a whole other ballgame, right? Cause yeah. it's all, it's it's a business down there. Healthcare is business in the States. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I mean, for sure that you'll definitely have, like if say sales reps come in, like you'll see from some doctors where all of a sudden they're put, you know, you have depression. So we're going to put you on this because that's what they just got the presentation on her. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think it is getting better though. Like I know like a lot of the doctors I work with um, and I mean, I guess they're psychiatrists more than family practitioners, Um, but really fantastic at like not just saying, Oh, here's a med for that. Like there, you know, there's these counseling resources, there's this, there's that. Um, But yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's great. I was listening to a podcast the other day and, um, they were talking about how – they were talking about medication, and I think it's great we're talking about it now because we is haven't – that is that uh, the same one, I'm uh, Johan Hari or – No, this was with Dr. Phil. Oh, oh that, well, that one is great Harry. too. But um, anyway, I think it's good we're talking about medication because we haven't talked about it on this podcast yet. But he was yeah. saying um, how medication sometimes can, can numb the hurt or whatever you're going through when you don't want to do that because y- – If you're in a bad place or you're hurting, that kind of pushes you to find change. Whereas if you just take a medication to kind of numb the hurt, then you're never going to actually put in the work to make a difference. Um, So I thought that was interesting. I don't know um, what your thoughts are on when when a medication is a good thing to use and when it's not, but...
1: I mean, I think that again, like, there's certain mental illnesses that do require, you know, medications. Um, in those circumstances, that is the main line of treatment. Um, for me personally, I think that I would rather try everything else before medication. Um, and I'm, I mean, when people say that, like, I'm, I get it. Like, you know, I, I don't want to be taking medications if I don't have to. Um, I think sometimes, like, so for example, with depression, sometimes. The challenge with that, if someone's been depressed for, you know, say two months, barely able to shower, you know, they're sleeping all day, like they're they're not able to do anything. Um, sometimes starting on a medication can help like them get that motivation so they can start doing that work, if that makes sense. Right. So okay, um, yeah, so it, it just kind of depends. I, I think that there's definitely validity in that, but just kind of, again, everything, there's shades of gray of everything. So
0: um, you're kind of saying, so there's, you can go on medication, but there's other routes to mm-hmm. help mental health or depression, what are some other tactics that are recommended, or that you even use in your own life when you're when you're going through mental health yeah. um, to kind of help? you? Like we've used this example so many times. But in sports, you break, you hurt your knee, you ice it, you you elevate it, you rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but for mental health, it's not so A B C.
1: No, um, it's a- it's actually funny you mentioned that because I remember when I first um, started meeting new people in Toronto and like my age and. I, I don't know why, and I guess it's because I, I thought this was a fairly normal question, but it's not. But I would say to people, like, oh, like, within probably an hour of knowing people, if I was really having a conversation, I'll be like, oh, so, like, what are your coping strategies? Like, what do you do to cope? And they're like, what? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, especially cope? guys, too. Like
0: yeah. <laughs> You mean Copacabana? <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, literally, yeah, when I was, like, going on Tinder dates all the time, like, guys would be like, um, I, I don't I don't know, like this. But I honestly, but I think it's so important to think about because so often if we haven't had something bad happen to us, we don't think about coping. Like it's not even a thought. We just like kind of continue on with our day to day life, right? Um, but working in this field, you have to have coping strategies. Like, and it's just as important. Like, I mean, I can't help someone if I'm not helping myself. Um, like I said, I mean, I had the worst year of my life this year, um, and it was a, a struggle. Like it was exhausting just going to work, and you know, um, I remember. Um, Month after my dad passed, I had a student I was working with who had almost the exact same thing. And it I was just kind of taken back by it, you know. But, um, yeah, for me, I mean, what I do to cope, I spend a lot of time with friends. I like I like, love to do yoga, meditate, exercise, you know, kind of just that healthy lifestyle. Um, I like to paint just kind of like random things just for fun. Um, but also I, I go, I go to therapy, I've gone to therapy, uh, especially like when things were tough. And I mean, I think anyone can benefit from therapy, um, CBT. So like I said before, cognitive behavioral therapy, um, as well as DBT, which is, uh, Dialectical Behavioral Therapy, I think, um, is another... There's quiz after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to start quizzing you guys. Yeah, you quizzed yeah. me on sports. <laughs> yeah.
0: What are those two things, though?
1: Um, um, so, yeah, so there are two forms of therapy, um, just depending on d- different mental health conditions. Um, but that CBT is kind of like typical, like if you just go to like counsel, like any like free counseling, anything like that, that's what it'd be. Um, DBT is for certain personality disorders. So, um, CBT is like we're learning different coping strategies ways of coping. Um, and DBT, the second one is learning how to regulate moods. So people with uh, personality disorders, um, who aren't able to like emotionally regulate well. So, you know, they'll go from being really angry to sad to, you know, whatever, um, helps them learn how to do that. So,
0: um, yeah. What was it like? I mean, because of your profession, mm-hmm. you're so well trained in, in mental health and de- wow. well, <laughs> m- we <hope>. more <laughs> than most, more than okay, most, fair. more than most, um, and in depression and mental health and, and coping, mm-hmm. um, and being someone who might have a lot of the answers. What was it like when someone significant can mm-hmm. passed away And now you have to figure out, how am I going to cope on my own?
1: Yeah, and I think that's something, um, I mean, being honest, I didn't cope well with it at first, you know, the first few months. And I mean, I'm still grieving. I mean, grief is, uh, it's a tough, it's a tough one. Like, you'll have one day that you're feeling great, and I would be like, sweet, I'm, you know, I'm feeling good, I'm back to normal. And then all of a sudden, you know, I would see something on the street that would remind me of my dad, and I would just be in tears, even actually last night at the game, I randomly started tearing up because I thought of something about him. And my boyfriend's like, babe, like, why are you crying? <laughs> like you're at the Leaf game, you know, but, um, I just love
2: hockey.
0: <laughs>
1: <yeah>. <laughs> I just love sports so much. Um, but no, I think that it's one of those things that it's really important. And I think that's why I, like, I've always said to people, like, what do you mean you don't, you don't have any coping strategies? Because even, I have so many different coping strategies that I use all the time, but when it hits you, it hits you, and you are not prepared for it. Um, So I think that it, but it was good that even though, you know, I was doing things like not coping well with it, I was partying more, you know, and um, going out and just trying to, like, keep busy just to, like, not think about it, because every moment I had, I was just, like, a total mess to, like, when I was, you know, my mind was quiet. but since I had so many different coping strategies, like yoga, the gym, things like that, even though I wasn't co- coping with it the most healthy way in certain aspects, I still had those strategies I was using. And I think, you know, and that and that helps. Um, I think, like we were talking about before, connection and coping strategies are so essential to have. Um, yeah. But yeah, you can never really prepare for it.
2: An, an interesting thing is, um, in terms of more on like the, the like the, sorry, I'm, Uh, lost my train of (laughs) thought um in terms of like the like very skim the surface level of depression or just sort of that sort of thing um I feel like it's similar to and when you like seek help for like uh therapy in terms of community and whatnot Mm. would be super beneficial to that like even your own coping strategies like going out and all that was like something you kind of just like fell back on but it's still something that is there. It wasn't something engraved in your mind, but just being out with people.
1: For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that sometimes, um, people, like they don't realize how many like strengths or coping strategies they already have, you know, and that they do like going for dinner with your friends, you know, that's something staying connected and community and stuff like that. But, um, since sometimes that's not enough. And, but yeah, I mean, even the person who's the like mental health expert, you know, most trained can become depressed or, you know, because when you're actually faced with things, you a lot of times don't know how you're going to react to it. So, um, yeah, I mean that's why prevention's so key. But I feel like prevention's key in any aspect of health, not just mental health. Like with physical health, you know, it's good to diet and exercise, you know, and take care of your body. And um, we just need to do the same thing with mental health.
0: Um, I, think. I think. Yeah, yeah. Day to day stuff that you can do. For sure. Even if you're not struggling through anything, just to to reflect or exercise or whatever it is yeah. to kind of not saying not because it's not a good mentality to have that you're like waiting for something bad to happen
1: but we all are going to have something bad happen in life right like we're all going to lose people we're all so I think like yeah exactly that's it because life is full Mm. of ups and downs and no matter what we're all going to go through rough stuff we're all going to lose someone close to us we might maybe not lose a job or something like that but bad things are going to happen bad things happen around us all the time right so um yeah just kind of taking care of yourself, you know, and I don't, but like you said, like being prepared for it, but cause yeah, it's, it's inevitable. We're all, we're all going to experience loss and grief or whatever it may be.
0: I guess it's, you got to figure out sometimes just to face whatever's going on. If you are going through grief or depression or for mental sure. health, because it's easy to just numb it and ignore it and push it down mm-hmm. and go out and, and party or, or not think about it. But is it those times you're saying when you were in your own thoughts and that was the hardest part
1: Oh, for sure. Were those
0: the times that you actually needed to, to think it through?
1: Absolutely. And I mean, and I think that's something, um, yeah, because with yoga, I remember I, every time in Shavasana, like, I stopped going for a couple of months just because I would just start crying, you know, And but you need that time to grieve, or you know, in, in my specific situation because it was a loss. Um, but I think, yeah, we need to experience those feelings because if we don't, we just numb it and I find... I don't know. I mean, I'm speaking to two guys. I find typically that's more kind of. St- I don't want to stereotype, but a lot of men do that more so than women. I find women are, you know, c- they can be more, um, like ex- like they show their they show their emotions yeah. more. Um, but a lot of times, you know, that's when it kind of all builds up, and then or you see people who will become like super aggressive, or you know, they just like can't cope with all these emotions because they just keep putting them down. Um, Why do you
0: think men are more more closed about their emotions than? than women. And it's, it's a hard question. I'm just yeah, no, I
1: mean, for me, I, I personally think it's stigma, you know, and that it's always used to be that kind of traditional man and wife. The man, you know, is stark and keeps everything in and goes and works outside. And, um, that's my own opinion. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, that, that that's what I would say. And even just, I mean, cause our hormone levels like women, you know, with estrogen and things like that, uh, typically we show, um, emotions more.
0: Um, I'm interested because you are not a man. Correct. <laughs> um, that is correct. I am
1: a woman for anyone listening. <laughs> um,
0: I think sometimes men think in their head like, I need to be strong. I need to be the alpha male. I need to not show my emotions. That's what women are going to think is is sexy or like uh, they want a strong True. man. In your opinion, is that, a, is that a sexy trait or is it more... Um, <laughs> not sexy, but is that an attractive no, I trait? Mean, yeah, yeah, or I know. is is a man who is maybe opens up about his feelings a bit more and cries once in a while is that attractive trait for females?
1: I mean, I don't think I can speak on all the female No, like you, on yeah, behalf. you can But for me personally, um, there's nothing I find more attractive when someone can open up and be vulnerable to me. Um, I think – and that's part of the reason I think, especially when I was going on these dates, I'd ask right from the get-go, like, what – all these kind of –
2: It's like, what's your favorite color, then what's your coping strategy? Like, li-
1: yeah. and, but, like, literally <laughs> – or I'd be like, tell me about your family. Like, tell, like what have you been through in your – you know, like, I just – but because to me it is so attractive when people – aren't are just being genuine you know and like can, it's okay to cry it's okay like everyone's gonna feel sad everyone's gonna feel angry um and I really appreciate I think there's so much strength and you know when a man or female but can open up about how they're feeling
0: yeah yeah I couldn't agree more I think I find when I meet people and they you can tell especially men they're putting on this like fake facade of I'm this I don't care gear. I don't um, care I'm yeah. this stuff I'm just like I don't have time for it. Yeah, (laughs) Like, whatever, you go be that person, but I just don't have time for it.
1: Yeah, I've definitely met a a lot of people in the city, like, and again, it's just meeting new people, but yeah, especially guys around my age. I find there's so many guys I know, like, they just want to make it seem like they don't care, so, but but it's so obvious they care, and I'm like, just show you care. (laughs) Like, I I don't know, it just, that's, but yeah, that's just me. (laughs) What do you think
2: about that, Perry? It's something easily, like, fallen into. Like, I've been that guy, so, like, in, the past and it still kind of is there it's hard to kind of shake fair, it off fair, like totally especially fair. when i sort of got this like personal brand and everything on instagram and whatnot um it was all like sort of in secrecy like i was never like in front of it and i never really talked about myself and whatnot um so to kind of make that leap and sort of change in that sense is uh it's tough yeah. but um yeah for sure it, it's uh it's definitely something that is, you see a lot especially in like a city like toronto where there's sort of this big club scene where everyone. So it's all image gym. and yeah. yeah, it's it's very image based. And then I'm I'm sure even if you went out to like West Hollywood or New York City or wherever, it would be very very similar, if not magnified. For sure, yeah. Um, so yeah, what, once you start getting into this cultures of people that, trying to like flex personal brands, influence, and blah blah blah, you, you yeah. start getting into the uh, the areas where people have really different personas than they actually are. Um, I've seen it firsthand with one of my. Uh, like clients recently where they completely are, you know, they had this big persona and everything and then they completely changed it up. Um, Just, they almost like broke down in a sense Mm. and it made us respect that person so much more because they're like, like, wow, you know, they're, they're really, there's really a lot more behind them than um, than they're like put out in the air. I think nowadays more than ever, if you can do
0: it and if you can open up, if you're a brand or, or if you're a company or, if you're promoting yourself, if, if you open up and let people into your life and your depression or in your problems and what's going on, if you open up, you're going to get such a better reaction.
1: Oh, for sure. Well, it, cause it shows that you're human and you know yeah. that, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's an attractive quality, like to be able to be vulnerable with people. People really resonate with that, you know, like just kind of like I was talking about before, those genuine like little moments with people, it makes a difference. So, yeah.
2: what's really interesting to me is when we were ch- chatting um, our buddy Daniel last week, and he's he's been in sort of NA and whatnot. Yep. Um, which is really interesting, um, is for that type of like problem essentially like alcoholism. The, your biggest thing is you go have this like great community and everyone supports each other mm-hmm. so much. But with like mental health right now, it seems like there's nothing like that where a lot of mental health in general, you kind of get stuck in your, yourself. So, like, NA seems to have it figured out and that sense of community
1: yeah, I mean, the, t- like, 12-step recovery groups are really great for sense of community. There are, like, even through KMH and some of the um, – organi- I don't know, like, I can maybe, like, share some links to some resources sure or you know, something we can, after We could all put it in uh, – cool. put
2: it in the link or link. description. I, I don't know. <laughs> I think. I don't know. We'll, <laughs> That's we'll, we'll link the list. Yeah. We're working out the key. <laughs> we'll kinks, get back so. to you. <laughs> we'll link it up. Um,
1: like, where there is peer support groups and stuff like that, I just um, – yeah, there's not – I know what you mean because there is this, like, huge um, community where there's even, like, conferences and, like, things like that yeah. for, like, NACAA, all of them. Um, but there is – yeah, there isn't, I guess, in that same way. But there is definitely, like, peer support, like, drop-in groups, things like that. Um, yeah, but I, I see what you're saying, yeah.
2: It, it, it seems like it's sort sure. of hidden in a sense, um, and whereas – anyone I've met who has talked about sort of like going through anything yeah. like that, like going through NA, has all like said it's been such like a positive experience. You got these like amazing relationships out of it, um, on a like very, very personal, like sure. face-to-face level.
0: Yeah, it's great. Those I would be nice if there was something like that. Like instead of on the weekend say you don't want to drink on the weekend, you don't want to go out. If there's somewhere like you could just go talk like this with some people instead For of sure. being like let's go get fucked up on Friday, let's get, fu- it's like, oh, I don't really feel like drinking and getting yeah. fucked up. Is there somewhere I can just go hang out with people and talk? Yeah. I, I'm sure there are, and that's why you have friends. I guess if your friends don't want to <laughs> hang out with you when you're not drinking and getting messed up, they shouldn't really yeah, be friends.
1: <laughs> <laughs> are you sure you, like, your friends are your friends? Or
2: um, <laughs> no, well, it's sort of a thing but with, no, like, I your mean circle you know, and everything, yeah. you, you kind of get sure. holed up and, like, I'd, with your group of friends and everything, and not that, and usually I'm sure if you uh, made the effort to tr- yeah. like t- push that um, sort of where we got the idea to start this was uh, an Australian charity called gotcha for life and they're and they're very like cool. men's focused uh, suicide prevention and whatnot okay um, australia and Canada are very linear in terms of yeah, yeah. the uh, like social structure in like terms of like numbers and whatnot uh, they're, they're very like side by side in terms of like population and whatnot as well, mm-hmm. um, so it's interesting that they've started it and it seems to be doing pretty well there. And they do a lot of like coaching for like young men. it's um, cool. Very like support group based for like guys to you know have like their their mate for life and whatnot. Um, so, but in Toronto specifically, I don't think there's anything there yet, um, which is where we're trying, or at least mm-hmm. not out in the public, um, and not and because they're. The way they sh- they shine is it, like a very um, it's like a sought after thing, and wow, I think okay, cool. and I think here it it seems like that's kind of in the shadow. I know Movember is mm-hmm. a, a big multinational, and they're they're starting to push it a bit, yeah, um, but nothing to that like extent. They're more just education based.
1: Yeah, and I mean, and I can't like even like adult resources. I can't talk to t- too much in Toronto just because I mean I work with youth, um, but I know everywhere there's all like male support groups are like, there's always, that's always a struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know especially cause often, not often, but sometimes uh, just how there's like women's groups, like men often don't want to like be with like other female or like if they wanted, like depending on what they've been through, um, men's support groups. Yeah. It is, it is more limited for sure. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if there's anything like that.
0: Um, going back to your dad passing, mm-hmm. um, Obviously, that's a super tough thing to go through. But yeah. was there anything that you kind of took away from from the whole...
1: For sure. Thing? I mean, um, anytime I think there's any sort of loss or things like that in your life, um, kind of makes you see the bigger picture. Um, which for a while there, I mean, I didn't care at all about really anything. So, you know, that wasn't great. That was kind of like the extreme... You know, I was like, I didn't, wouldn't care about people's feelings. Or I was like, I don't care. You know, this is... Um, I would even have, you know, where friends would get in a fight at a party and I would be like, This is so stupid. Like, you know, and I'd be like I would get mad when, you know, now I'm able to kind of take a step back. Um, but yeah, no, it makes you really appreciate the like the little things in life. Um, I feel like even though it's been hard, my family and I are so much closer because of it. Um, you know, which I'm really grateful for. Um, but yeah, any sort of hardships in life, I think, you know, it just like and helps us become stronger you know and even um for me I mean when I was 16 I think I lost and I was really close to my grandparents I lost three grandparents in a year and a half and then my fourth was diagnosed uh, with stage four cancer so I mean I've had a lot of like losses and like even I've been to a dozen funerals half of them are for kids my age like um which I've also kind of found interesting I've I've met a lot of people in the city and they're like I've never even been to a funeral and um so yeah so I mean but with those hardships I mean it I think it just kind of makes you kind of see things like the bigger picture of things and not worry about the little things um yeah. so I know I have friends who will you know get stressed over tiny little and don't get me wrong I'm human like I mean I get you know I get stressed out or whatever but um I don't know I think it has helped me just kind of mature and see the bigger picture with that all things. That
0: for sure I mean even having I've had friends pass away and it if I'm sometimes in a in a shitty mood, I, I think I'm like, I'm just lucky to be alive. For sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was walking down a street today in a, a homeless guy on the street was just like, Hey, how's it going, man? How's your day? I'm like, Oh, it's great and I was like, How's <laughs> your day? And he's like, I'm alive. Yeah. And yeah. I was yeah. like, I was like that's really all you can ask for sometimes. and For sure. And sometimes it's not a bad mentality to start every day with just being like, you know what? I'm alive. Yeah. That's a big achievement
2: in itself. So. For sure, the, like yeah. statistic possibility of you be even being alive is insane, too. It's like yeah. being struck, I think, like 10 times in a row by lightning. It's like <laughs> the same amount of percentage of you being alive as I opposed to like something. It's,
0: yeah, it's crazy. It is tough when you're so deep in a depression or mental health to zoom out like that. For sure. Um, well,
1: and that's something, yeah. Cause even like with, if someone's depressed and say like, Oh, but see the bigger picture, you know, yeah. like people are, are like, screw you. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, picture. yeah, like exactly. Yeah. Sometimes it's, and even, um, and again, even working in the field, knowing the right treatment, stuff like that. When I was in kind of like the heat of that, you know, like right after my dad passed, I didn't care about anything like, you know, and, um, it is hard to see the bigger picture because you think, why is this happening, you know? But um, I think time is a huge thing too. I yeah. mean, especially like with it, and it talking in regards to like loss or grief, things like that, um, time is a huge healing factor. But uh, That's
2: so true. Yeah. That's actually a great point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you, you work with uh, demographically a lot younger people, correct?
1: Yeah, so 0 to 18, zero to 18. Um, So, but most of them are high school age. Okay,
2: and um, w- w- would there be any sort of like trends or issues you see that are popping up more common than others, or is it sort of all across the board, you're seeing different things every single day?
1: Um, big thing is, I would say youth with video games, there's a lot of like, like issues like with video gaming, not coping and um, say if they have like any sort of like underlying depression, anxiety, things like that. Um, getting to the point where they won't even leave their house. I don't. yeah, I've worked with a lot of youth these days that are video gaming. And don't get me wrong, I think it can be like a great hobby, you know, but um just using that as kind of like an escape, like, you know, an alter reality. Um yeah, that would be that would be the big thing. That's I would think scary. Yeah. No
2: um. no one, <laughs> one when you said alternate reality, I'm like Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. One of the things when we started this was and the reason it's called No Correct Way because mm-hmm. we wanna sort of guide and Um, at least shine light on sort of different paths of growing up, because I know a lot of, in my opinion, a lot of the stresses and whatnot of being a younger kid, especially for myself, I was very sports centric in terms of independent sports. I was um, snowboarding, uh, did a lot of like BMX biking, and then played a bit of hockey, uh, especially when I was younger. Um, So it was was a lot of like self-pressure now, uh, for me, my goals back back then would have been to be a professional snowboarder, and that was kind of it, mm. set in stone. I wanted to be that. I know for a lot of people in terms of like hockey, if we're moving lo- back to sports, is they want to be a professional hockey player. That's it, nothing else. Now, with these people you're working with, is there any sort of trend with their goals and whatnot? Are they super set on, you know, I want to be one certain thing, and that's sort of it?
1: I mean, I would say most of the kids I work with don't have, like, they're not seeing like kind of longevity, like they don't have really a direction or plan. So um, I think actually having those sort of plans, especially as a kid, because that's in itself is a motivating factor, right? So I Mm -hmm. think that's actually a strength. And, um, But yeah, typically most of the kids I work with, it's I don't know what I want to do after high school, you know, maybe not doing like well in class, whatever. Um, But yeah, not goal oriented, for the most part, interesting. Most so
2: our part. thesis is kind of skewed in that sense, but Uh-oh. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's like it's good to challenging to, it. No, it's, it <laughs> makes it makes sense um, because our sort of my take on it, and it's probably slightly wrong, is that if you know, being one of these kids, there's all the uh, I think there was all the things in the news popping up, or the uh, the school I think around here, or maybe it was in the state somewhere. Uh, where kids are getting bullied, their coach was being bullied, and there's, like, an influx of suicides at at the school. You know, there's so much pressure on these kids to be, you know, pro-athlete, whereas, um, you know, maybe it's something their parents were pushing them into and whatnot. Um, And that was the only path for them. And they get holed up and kind of in that rut, per se, and there's no other way Yeah, no, no. And,
1: and I mean, yeah, that's for sure totally fair. Um, I think, too, and I should have explained that a little bit more just because with – my role um like because there's like mental well-being like mental health mental wellness um and I don't want to kind of get in talking too many mental health terms um but like I'm kind of like working with like the worst of the worst mental illness you know what I mean so I but I definitely like I know like with like mental well-being and things like that like that added pressures can cause stress for people um
2: is there a uh definition between the two what would, what would you consider the difference between mental well-being versus mental health
1: um so like when I and this is just kind of what I would say like mental health it's more so mental health and mental illness sorry so mental illness is like with actual like diagnosis things like that when mental like we all can practice like being mentally healthy and mm-hmm. yeah
0: um Is there anything in schools these days, I'm trying to remember when I was younger, there was never any talk of, like, working on your mental health. Like, there would be gym class where you would work on your physical health, and it was important to learn that and try to be interested in it because it's going to make you a better person and more healthy in the future. But there was never anything. I remember one thing, but other than that, there was nothing, and it wasn't even mental health or illness or depression wasn't even spoke by teachers or anyone. The only thing I remember is in grade four, I was thinking about this the other day, was uh, at singing, we had like a music class. In the first 10 minutes of class, she would just make everyone focus on breathing and like deep breaths in and out. But that was like the only thing even close to like... Working on mental health. Is there anything in schools these days? Yeah,
1: it's definitely. I mean, it's changed for the better for sure. Um, actually, I've even been to some trainings where, like, across the board, they were doing trainings for teachers, um, just of like a package or you know that they can do. Um, but a lot of the schools even have like peer, uh, like, run so like the, or student run. Sorry, like clubs and stuff. That's all about like promoting mental wellness and you know and talking about mental illness stuff like that. Um, I think there's a lot. And again, kind of talking about that mental health, mental wellness versus mental illness. Um, I think there's a lot of things they're doing for sure, like talking about like mentally healthy classrooms and things like that. Um, but not so much about like mental illness, like knowing like different diagnosis or, you know, sicknesses, things like that as much. So
0: it's, But it's there's just being spoken about more, I guess. Oh,
1: for sure. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah, there's definitely steps in the right direction because they're doing that for sure. It steps in the right direction. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. That's <laughs> well, what would you,
0: in your <laughs> eyes, what do you think are the steps? Where does it need to go to be to be better?
1: Oof, that's a that's a question. Um, well, and I mean, it's kind of hard for me to talk in regards to all schools because, like, I mean, it's, I don't know what mm-hmm. every school what they're each doing. Um, I think what I see a lot of, I think there's a lot of steps in the right direction in regards to like anxiety and depression, things like that. Um, like developmentally disabled or like disabilities, um, and some of the you know like more like psychosis things like that. Addiction is a huge one. I think there's still so much stigma, um, even especially like with working in addictions. Uh, I think we've got a long way to come. Um, yeah, so I think like maybe kind of the not so much the um, what's the best way to say that some of the, kind of like the more challenging or debilitating mental illnesses, I think that there still needs to be a step in the right direction of, you know, kind of destigmatizing that and more education around it. And where
0: do you think the stigmas around addiction kind of stem from?
1: I mean, geez, it's just, it's just, I don't know. I, I find addiction is one of like the most stigmatized, I think because often when you see people who are really unwell, like like in the homeless populations, things like that, vulnerable populations, um, a lot of times they'll be suffering addictions. I don't I, I don't know if that's part of the reason that's a good question. Um I just know that uh people often see like people with addictions in a very different light than say some like a person with depression. Right. Um which, you know, addiction is it's a disease, but a lot of times it's people are using those addictions as a way of coping. Like it's a poor coping strategy, right? Um so maybe they started off like drinking, for example, you know, maybe um and then they didn't cope with something and then they learned to cope with drinking you know it's and it's a vicious cycle um, yeah
0: i guess it just has that's portrayed in, in media and tv sh- and film and even just people talking about yeah. it. like you, if if you see a homeless person on the side of the street a lot of people's reaction is to kind of like uh, like yeah. get away from me uh gross Ew, you're an, a homeless addicted crack addict but like yeah. Mm-hmm. You like a lot of people are going through things like that, and, oh, for sure. and who knows what that person has gone through. Yeah, um, I think it needs to be shown more in media that you can be at rock bottom in addiction and mental unwellness and come back from that
1: for sure. Yeah, well, and I think it's, Um, I remember when I was counseling again and working um, with people with addictions. And Was this in
0: Vancouver? Sorry, or? no,
1: this was uh when I was up north in Perry Sound. Um and this some, someone came in and they were telling me their life story and all these traumas and like awful, awful things they had gone through and they were um they were trying to quit I think crack or I don't know, I forget what they were using, what their drug of choice was. Um but like I, I kinda had a moment where I sat back and I was like, oh my God, if I had gone through all that, like I I would probably turn to drugs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, which is like awful to say, like, but kind of honest, like it just sometimes um, people don't realize, you know, that I think it's like 40, if you have experienced trauma, you're 4,600% more likely uh, to suffer from addictions at some point in your life. Um, So, I mean, yeah, there's a huge link. I don't know, like if you're interested, Gabor Mate's got a lot of work on that, Um, but just kind of talking about trauma and addiction. And I know you talked about, what is it? Uh... Johan Hari? Johan yeah, Hari? Johan yeah, yeah, Harry? yeah, because he he's, talks about that too. with Because he's
2: very, um, very war on drugs sort of focused, yeah. but his yeah. take on it is insane. The yeah, stuff
1: yeah, he, yeah, for you know, sure.
2: You know, the, the rat paradise is sort of his uh, yeah. thesis and everything and stuff like that is pretty cool.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, yeah, we got to get all these names from you so we can add them to our description. What are some
0: coping, I mean, hearing other people's problems and helping them cope with them, those mm-hmm. problems? It's tough in itself. Uh, Do you have anything that you kind of do to help, like...
1: Yeah, self-care. (laughs) Self-care? Literally, like, you have to have self-care when you work in this field because it can be, you know, when it's not... I mean, I don't see as many kids on the daily now, but when you have... Like, when I was counseling or whatever it may be, you have, you know five people, six people come in a day, and everyone wants to die, they're unhappy, like, and I know that sounds a little kind of negative, true. but it's, it's true. the reality, right? Yeah. Like, if I um, didn't do things, like, you know, like, and for me, I mean, exercise, yoga, meditation, journaling, things like that um, are crucial, but everyone's different, right? But yeah, I have to do self-care, and and know your limits, too. I think that's a big thing. Um, I've had some students where I have had to ask someone else to work with them just because it's hit too close to home or, you know, and uh, right. which is totally fair because, you know, s- we can't help everyone all the time. And But if we're not taking care of ourselves and h- helping ourselves, we can't, like, truly help other people, if that makes sense. For, like, genuinely. Yeah. yeah,
2: Yeah, especially for these people that are in these, like, very dire situations. Yeah. If, you know, you're not at, you know, at 100% or at least close to it, you know, yeah. it, it feel it feels like such a fragile thing, whereas...
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: Espe- that's also got to be tough on you to feel like you're in that situation all the time. So that self, like, self-help like, yeah. self sort of thing you, you got to do is super crucial.
1: Well, and I think, and that's, again, kind of just summing back when I said a lot of people don't have coping strategies. But for me, I'm like, what do you mean? Because, like, I have to have coping strategies or it weighs on you. Um, and I, I figured that out, I think, probably six months of working in the field uh pretty quickly.
0: <laughs> what would you say if someone's trying to is going through mental health or wants to work on their mental health mm-hmm. or is feeling anxious or depressed, what are like three things that they can do today to start to do to work on their mental health?
1: Yeah, I mean, it I think if one thing, it's just kind of reflecting on coping strategies. Like, I, I mean, I keep kind of pushing that. Um, coping strategies for sure, and trying to understand, you know, what makes them happy, what makes them feel good, um, and doing that preventively. Community is huge. That would be another one. So, you know, making sure you're connecting with friends and not isolating yourself or family, you know, whoever it may be. Um, and then, th- I don't, I don't know for me it's just kind of like overall like health you know like if you're taking care of your physical health you know for me I do think that exercise and diet the way you're eating sleeping all those things impact your mental health and that's you know if you get into a better sleep routine even that in itself can start to help right or you know maybe cut back on the partying a little more you know whatever maybe but that would be I guess the three main things.
0: And then what we said journaling and that might be kind of go with, with coping mm. strategies what type of journaling do you find helpful?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's different for like, there's different kinds of journaling, right? Like some people have where they just do a daily journal, um, writing. Like for me, when I journal, I just write down one po- or a few positive things from the day. So even if I have the worst day in the world, I go to my way to like jot down a few things that made me really happy in that day. So sometimes then I can look back and I'm like, Oh, you know, that's that. Um, sometimes people will journal to, like saying what their mood was on that day and you know and maybe what they ate or how they slept or what experience did they have and like kind of looking back to track um kind of
0: tracking it and seeing like oh I had a bad day that yeah. day oh this was off that day I didn't get 10 hours of sleep maybe that's
1: yeah and I mean like, that's kind of like but even just journal like anything like just kind of putting words out you know is can be so therapeutic so I think it's just kind of different for everyone based on their personalities and yeah. Like, I mean, I love to meditate. Some people hate to meditate, right? Like, you know, so, um, just cause it works for me, it might not work for the next person. Um, but I think that's something that's like super important to, um, not to give up on kind of exploring those things. Cause I don't know how often people will say, Oh, I tried that once. I don't like it. I, I was like, okay, well, you know, let's look at some other options. You know, maybe you didn't like that type of meditating, but let's maybe try a grounding technique or, you know, different. Um, so I just, you know, no, not kind of giving up on exploring because there's so many different ways of coping. Um, you know, you can, I'm sure you could Google it and you could find hundreds of different ways that work for some people. And sometimes it's as simple as just going for coffee with friends or whatever, but just doing those little, those little meaningful things. You writing, know?
2: So, writing stuff down is interesting because now you're the second person we've chat with who is like very writing writing down based, which is awesome. Mm, cool. Seems mm-hmm. It seems like a... Uh, like that, and just or just you know, re- reflecting your mind is sort of goes hand in hand with that as well. You meant Jesse. You mentioned reflecting quite often, um, and it seems like they're both very beneficial.
1: For sure, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, you got to take that time for yourself, and it's tough to do sometimes because people like to stay busy and life can yeah. get crazy. But even if it's just twenty minutes, you know what I mean, in the morning or before you for go sure. to bed. Um, Are there any, uh, I know I keep going back to like tricks and steps and blah, 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 (laughs) but um, are there any tricks that uh, you can, you use instantly when you're feeling down or if you're in a negative, negative mindset?
1: Yeah. uh, For me, the biggest, well, actually I have a dog too, so I'll cuddle with my dog. That's one of the big things, Um, which yeah, everyone loves a good cuddle with a dog. Uh, um, But no, deep breathing is a big thing for me. Um, Like even just kind of taking a moment to like take a few deep breaths, um, and sometimes, you know, just taking like having those few fifteen seconds, or you know, whatever of deep breathing, like say if I'm like angry or really, really upset, just to kind of calm me down, um, is enough to kind of get out of that mindset. That's if good that makes too, because you could
2: do it while you're out in public too, because a lot of a lot sure. of these things that might affect you or cause you to kind of go and you know be upset is yeah. probably something that could happen while you're out somewhere where you can't just you know. Go home and cuddle your dog. Can, you yeah. Know, can just, I wish I could always do yeah, that. But. So it's good that you have this one that's sort of portable. Yeah.
1: And, and I mean, and there's like lots of, uh, so that's like kind of talking about mindfulness, um, just kind of like bringing you back to the present moment. So there's things like a body scan where you can be sitting in a chair and um, you can go through like, you know, thinking about like what your head feels like, you know, and then like kind of like work through, you know, or you, there's different um, techniques, like um, I guess, people are listening. They can't see, but like if you like clench your fists and then you let go and then you clench and then you let go. Um, if you do that a few times, especially if you're like really heated or like angry, that can help kind of ground you Mm -hmm. physically. Um, so yeah, I mean, doing little things like that, there's quite a few little ways you can kind of ground yourself in the moment, but a lot of times if you can just be present, um, and I think that's why I appreciate meditation so much because it helped me learn to do that. Um, yeah.
0: Um, this is a a tough question, but Suicide in North America, especially, mm-hmm. is at an all-time high, and it it's sure. doesn't show um, any signs of slowing down right now. Yeah, why do you why do you think that is? In your in your opinion, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot mm. of reasons, but I'm yeah. just interested because of the field that you work in and your history of if you have any reasons why you think it's it's just like it's going up right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I. think think because life in itself it like it's it's so much more fast-paced than what it you know it's there's like because we have all this accessibility to all these things but I feel like there's so much more pressure almost um but I also pressure I'm,
0: pressure from
1: like finance. I mean like think of some place like Toronto right like even like trying to afford a house or you know like for some people like that just is not a reality like it's just there's like financially even like at work I just feel like for a lot of people there's more pressures um and pressure to be better to you know especially we can see people who are doing things all over the world you know all these cool things and um I think there, you know media has an influence on that um I think that there's efforts being made um like to destigmatize and educate, but I do think that that's a huge aspect too. Um,
0: yeah, the pressure things. Yeah. A good point. Not just pressure from trying to afford living and stuff, but pressure from social media. For
1: sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
2: We've talked about that before too. Yeah, mm-hmm. social media, I think, has kind of tipped the needle a bit in terms of what, you know a living sort of means now whereas um you know a living wage back in whatever the 80s or 90s meant you you might have had a cell phone you know you had just had a house you know might have had a car whereas now everyone you know everyone sees all this external things and like stuff you want to reach for and where that might be not accessible and it Mm -hmm. it makes it so much tougher
0: well and before phones and the internet and everything you didn't have the chance to compare. You're not always comparing like, oh, this guy has a, just bought a new Mercedes and he has a house and like- He's traveling He's traveling the world and like, I can't even fucking get a job at McDonald's. (laughs) You know what I mean? But but before phones, you would never know that- Exactly. That that said guy was doing that. So you're not comparing. There's just this constant like- Comparing yourself to everyone around you where- you don't know if this person who has a Mercedes in-house is in a million dollars of debt.
1: Yeah, for sure, yeah. You know,
0: it's, it's just constant comparing and measuring and
1: well, you just have yeah. to
0: find out what makes you happy and focus on you. For sure,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, because on social media, everyone's posting their best version of themselves, right? So and yeah. it's, yeah, it's hard not to compare. Yeah.
0: yeah, it'd be nice if they posted when they were all yeah. hungover
2: or something. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's such a weird thing, too, because it's so g- glamorized that it's really hard to, you know, s- take a step back and sort of post that realness.
1: For sure, yeah.
2: Um,
0: if you, like, someone who maybe is going through grief like you mm-hmm. went through when your uh, dad passed away, is there any type of message you would tell them or something you would tell yourself when, when you're grieving? Because it's a super tough process. For sure. And in the moment, it's not easy to figure things out. So I was just wondering if there's maybe something you would tell yourself or someone who is going through um, a situation like
2: that. In you deal with this kind of day-to-day almost.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, I think the biggest thing is, you know, uh, like, be kind to yourself and realize you're only human, uh, you know. Um, and I think that was the biggest thing because for me, it was like, especially working in the field having all these coping strategies and like I would like I said I had I would have a good day and I'm like okay I, I'm over it I'm fine you know and then I would have a day where I would all of a sudden like break down and be so upset but then I'd be mad at myself because it's like why are you doing this or I would do something stupid on a weekend you know whatever um, but and I think just and with my family like my mom having to have gone what she went through I was like and I'm being a crummy daughter, you know, and like she's already going through this, you know, like just get it together kind of thing. Um, but just like realizing, you know, that we are human, everyone makes mistakes and that's okay. That's part of like, you're always, you're going to make mistakes. Like nobody's perfect. Um, and yeah, and just kind of letting, like letting yourself go through the process fully because it's better to go through it. Like I said, than you know, to keep it all down and then try and avoid it. Um, so yeah, just be kind, <laughs> be kind to yourself.
0: And In- you talked about kind of surrounding yourself with people who are supportive. Have you been mm-hmm. able to build a kind of supportive group around you? Or are you thankful for like the people you do have?
1: Yeah, I mean, oh, I'm I'm so grateful for both family and friends. Um, actually, it kind of worked out too because two weeks after my dad passed away, I moved in because I was living alone um, and I moved in with – two of my closest friends who are like now two of my closest friends. Um, So I think having that kind of full-time support was like so, so helpful. Um, But even like my childhood friends and like people who like knew my family and um, it also made me realize who, I don't want to say who cared about me, who didn't, but just who like was really willing to put that effort in, you know, because um, I'm in a helping profession. I tend to like, I want to help people, you know, and help friends, stuff like that. But I realized that sometimes I was putting in a lot more effort for people who weren't re- able to reciprocate that. Um, so I think it just, yeah, I was able to learn who my network was and I'm appreciative of them, but I'm not gonna kind of invest energy elsewhere, you know, more than I need to. Yeah, that's that'll really have a true tell of who's gonna be there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, it's yeah.
2: interesting when that happens because I had a buddy commit suicide in sort of December and it was like a yeah. d- again, you see, you get these people just coming out of nowhere that you yeah. haven't spoke to in forever and um, it's you know, you know means so much even though it's just like a simple text and whatnot.
1: Yeah, for sure, totally.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you
0: see in younger men I'm just thinking like when you're a young boy you don't really have these things build up in you yet. Like I have to be a man. I need to be uh, not show emotion, I have to be confident, I can't cry. Do you see in younger men or kids that that's not really built up and they are able to talk about stuff more? Or do they just not have the brain power to even?
1: Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I think I have worked with a lot of, like, young men that aren't open to, especially, like, when I was doing addiction counseling because they would typically get, um, involved with, like, they didn't choose to work with me, so, um, that was always fun. <laughs> that was a bunch of fun. Um, so trying to, you know, sit with a student for an hour, trying to get them to talk about their feelings would be, like, watching paint dry. Like, they just, I couldn't get anything out of them. Um, but I, I do think, you know, in the past few years, and I don't know, maybe it's just, um... The kind of the kids I'm working with now versus then, or maybe just because I'm like I'm more comfortable, like confident in kind of talking about feelings and things like that. Um, But yeah, it really all kind of depends. I wouldn't say like I do see that with some, but some I don't. So, yeah,
2: Hmm. interesting. Yeah, Yeah, it's super interesting to see, um, just kind of hear like from that being very in like the acute side of things is interesting. It's so like different than kind of the surface level.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah.
2: Because especially with surface level in terms of um, just, like, public image and whatnot, you don't see any of it. Like, you don't see any of that sort of the deeper stuff. Um, But I think it's super important to kind of have to, like, tap into that.
1: For sure, yeah. And
2: that sense of community, I think, is huge. And hopefully that's something we can sort of create by this. And that's what we're aiming for is to hopefully allow people to, like, seek out a a bigger sense of community in that aspect.
1: For sure.
0: What uh, what do you see next for your kind of career? Do you like what you're doing? or?
1: Yeah, no, I really like what I'm doing. Um, I'm doing an online master's right now, so I'm definitely planning on staying this next few years. Um, I don't know. I mean, as I said before, I'm kind of someone who's all over the place, so um, I definitely see myself continuing in mental health. I don't know if I'll – I don't think – and this is just kind of knowing my – personality uh I don't think I could stay frontline forever um I even like my mom said you know you're you're an emotional person and and it does take a toll on you working frontline um after like you get caregiver burnout like burnout and stuff like that um so yeah we'll see we'll see what the future holds but management of some sort I I don't know (laughs)
2: Uh, being in the being in the front lines probably doesn't have a like that long term of a shelf life i feel like in terms of like your own personal or like just the, whoever's working that's personal uh, yeah like, it's got it's got to take a big a big chunk kind of give yourself a, like you know 100 percent of yourself to all these different people going through it
1: for sure and i mean and like and don't get me wrong there's some frontline workers who have been doing it for 30 years are incredible at it you know and um i just i know with my personality type i think I, I don't want to be frontline forever just because I think it would take a toll, especially if, like, you know, I have kids one day and, like, working with youth that, like, I don't know if that would, I, I don't know if I could do that, but mm-hmm. so,
0: who knows. Um, on these Tinder dates, when you'd ask guys about coping, what <laughs> how many guys actually had coping strategies? I
2: can't think of one. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which, but, and, like, and that's the thing, like, but it's, yeah, I mean, and I've said that to a, f- but especially guys, I would ask that, But and it, it kind of floored me. But yeah, no, I don't think. Maybe one. Actually, maybe one, but I don't know. That was, was a while ago.
2: <laughs> well, that's something <laughs> to think about. Yeah. No, there's, yeah, there's no quick answer. Yeah. Um, so in your your opinion, with two guys like us, how how can we be more of a help? Uh, we're, we're doing this. This is sort of our step one. But how do we make more of an impact with whatever influence or culture-wise – we have what do you think the best steps
1: I don't know I think like c- you guys have a good thing going and just like being and like even yourselves like being vulnerable on, like on the air, on the air is that what I yeah, on, on yeah, yeah okay We're not live <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but you know like on the show like and I think um having people come from like all different walks of life come in um I don't know, I think opportunity is going to come up for you and just kind of take it as it goes. I think that you guys are taking the right steps right now for sure, and I think it's cool, but yeah, no.
0: Do you see any, like, way that men can be more open, or, like, what are some ways that with men you work with, you see them starting to figure out coping strategies, like... I'm trying to figure out the right way to phrase this question. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm not really sure what you're asking. Yeah, yeah. I did not phrase that okay. very well at all. I guess when you more so when you're working with with men in the addiction side of Kay. stuff on the front line, yeah, a lot of the time would they they would have barriers up and not want to talk about their problems.
1: Oh, for sure. Yeah.
0: Um, are there any ways for men to kind of break down those barriers? That's... Um, do you think it's possible?
1: Yeah, oh, I mean, I mean, anyone. I think that a lot of times people have those walls up because they've never broken them down at all, right? So I think my best advice would be, you know, try just being a little vulnerable with someone once and see what happens, because nine times out of ten it feels really, really good, especially if it's, you know, someone you care and trust or it's a professional that, you know, it's their job to um, be present. But I think that's... You're never, like, don't knock it till you try it, you know? I think um yeah that would be just communicate <laughs> <laughs> sort of side note from
2: that you, you said um you know in terms of like therapists and whatnot hmm. would you recommend seeking like multiple help like because i know with like
1: like multiple t- therapists at y- once yeah or
2: me? like not at once but cause sort of like trying out like r- really like try different people and all that because i know i feel like With that, it's all about, like, relationships and whatnot, so you might not click with the, like, first person? A
1: hundred percent. I think that's that's so crucial, like, if you're getting any sort of, like, counseling, therapy, whatever. Um, Because, yeah, I've had people say to me, oh, therapy wasn't for me. I tried it, and it's like, okay, well, maybe you just didn't get along with that person, right? So um, even though it's professional, it's a a type of relationship, and everyone has different personality types. Um, Like, even, for example, with certain personality types that I work with, depending on, like... I work so differently with people. So like some people, especially depending, like if I've known for a while, like I'll challenge them when some people I would never do that depending um, on their needs. But absolutely 100% if someone's tried therapy and they think they didn't like it, try someone else (laughs) because there's a good chance um, you will, like everyone can benefit and can appreciate therapy. And even if it's something they don't want to do, it's just, it is so healthy to like, just kind of put that out in the universe and like have someone, you know, some unbiased party like listen you know
0: I think a lot of people when they hear the word therapy they instantly think of expensive yeah um can you talk to that a, l- a little bit
1: yeah so I mean there and again I know like most of the resources like in Toronto for youth um there is definitely there's free counseling there's even like free um like tele like count like on, like on the phone counseling Um, but again, I think that for most people, like, especially like working professionals, the first step, um, would explore if you like work for a company, unless you like, you know, have your own company or whatever it may be. Um, but explore those routes. Um, a lot of actually the, like schools, um, actually one of my friends, uh, just finished psychotherapy and I forget the, the living art Institute, I think anyway, but a lot of them have like student run clinics where they're much like a fraction of the price um so yeah so there's lots of places out
0: there that aren't as expensive
1: yeah or it's um like based on like some places have where it's like based on your income like i know like family services toronto they have counseling um but it's based on how much you make so for like for some people it can be as little as i think like three bucks or like nothing like next to nothing like super cheap Uh, yeah
2: another thing i think people don't realize is a lot of you know like your your benefits from work you know, could cover therapy and whatnot. Where, yeah. like, uh, as it could cover a massage or it covers your yeah, dental. Yeah, totally. It, it, it's like, I know mine. I pr- think does. Like, I'm pretty. Well, like, you should look into that. Yeah, I know, but <laughs> that's, no, <laughs> that's my one advice
1: I'm, to you after it, today. Yeah,
2: just, but uh, I think, like, I know, like the Blue Crosses in Canada do um, whatever the other ones are. But mm-hmm. I, I think it, there's like resources out there that it's at least you're covered. Yeah, for sure. Um.
0: Thank you so much for coming and talking with us. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to say or talk about?
1: No, I think that's it for me. Yeah. I, I'm sure people are probably sick of hearing my voice by now. No, so <laughs> there's no
2: way that anyone's sick of hearing your voice. They're probably <laughs> happy to hear a female voice, <laughs> other oh, <there laughs> than go. our lame voices. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I think we covered a lot of interesting stuff here. You uh-huh. know, we're we've been sort of taking up more of like a, a grassroots approach, so yeah. it's cool to get this more. Deeper, educated, educated, yeah, get a little I'm bit sorry. more educated because we're we're not we're just two guys trying to figure it out.
1: Yeah, no, um, cool.
2: So we're, it's it's cool.
1: Well, thanks for having me.
2: No problem. Thank you so much, Lissa.
1: Mhm. bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>